the president has been retweeting an absolutely wild video that says nobody needs to be wearing face masks. Rapper Megan Thee Stallion opened up about getting shot earlier this month. And Cornell professor and political scientist Jessica Chin Weiss is with us to talk about why the U.S. ordered a Chinese consulate to close down last week and what it means for U.S.-China relations. The date, July 28th, 2020. The time, music clock. Hello, everybody. I'm Hayes Brown. And I'm Casey Rackham. Welcome to BuzzFeed's News O'Clock. Okay, so Hayes, today we got the Emmy nominations, and honestly, it gave me something to look forward to. No, I don't know what the Emmys are going to look like this year because people aren't going to gather in large groups in an auditorium. But still, something is going to air on ABC. A giant Zoom call with roughly 700 people in it. And who... Okay, before we jump into the nominations, who do you guess will be unable to mute their mic during the Emmys? Oh, God, it's going to be an an older actor from a drama, for mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. It, that's that's where it's going to be. I'm also, all of a sudden I thought about it, I, I hope that they get, like, Amy Poehler and Tina Fey to do some sort of, like, Zoom gag, where, mm. like, you're frozen but not frozen. Something is going to happen. <laughs> Something like that's going to happen. It's either going to go over well or it's going to be so awkward. Just completely tank. <laughs> okay, but anyways, I'm super excited because... A lot of the acting categories are just like jam packed with so Mm -hmm. many good contenders. And a lot of them, we got a couple categories for actors from shows where they're going up against each other, like from the same show. Succession for supporting actor. There's three in that one. They're all from the same show. And then in lead actress for a drama, we have Killing Eve. So we have Sandra Oh Mm, and Jodie Comer. And then in Dead to Me, we have Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini. It's just like everyone's so good. (laughs) Everyone. I. I am so here for how many nominations Watchmen got. Mm, Uh, I was so late to watching it, but I Mm -hmm. thrilled at how many. It's interesting that Jeremy Irons got a lead uh, nomination for for lead actor for a limited series for that. I mean, sure. I guess they're they're wild what you will put in for lead actor supporting because it's just extremely like, you know, whatever the studios or networks are pushing for to who they think can get an Emmy for them in that category or whoever was bold enough to self-nominate. Yes, yes. One hundred percent self-nominating is great. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just super excited. Oh, my God. And also Meryl Streep got nominated for an Emmy. And that just cracks me up because what we always see her at uh, the Oscars, but the Emmys, that's fun for us little TV people. Um but uh, then also Schitt's Creek got a nomination for each of the roses. Oh, so really it's a war of the roses, oh, would you hey, say? Come to on. see who wins out. Why'd you do it? <laughs> because I had to. It was sitting there. And you know what? I seize opportunities when I see them. Okay. People, give us your Emmy thoughts. Who do you think should win? Who got snubbed? Open up the voice memo app on your phone. Give your take. Then email it to newsoclock at buzzfeed.com. That's newsoclock, all one word. Or just send us a DM on Twitter. We're at News O'Clock on there, too. Okay, time for today's top stories. Here is what you need to know. Both the president and his largest adult son got in trouble with Twitter for sharing an absolutely bonkerballs press conference that claimed there's actually a cure for COVID-19. So, backstory. Yesterday, far-right blog Breitbart live-streamed a press conference held in D.C. at the Supreme Court where a group of decidedly fringe doctors claimed that the anti-malaria drug hydroxychloroquine outright cures the coronavirus. Ipso facto, QED, nobody needs to wear face masks because of this miracle cure. Now, that is 
absolutely bullshit, as there have been no non-anecdotal studies that say hydroxychloroquine does anything of the sort, while studies have shown the effectiveness of mask wearing. But the video went mega viral in anti-vax and anti-mask Facebook groups to the point that Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube all began removing it from their sites. Donald Trump Jr. got his Twitter posting abilities suspended for 12 hours after he shared a version of the video. His father, President Trump, meanwhile, retweeted versions of the video several times with no penalty, though those videos were taken down after he retweeted them. Twitter said in a statement that this was because Don Jr. posted the video directly from his own account versus Trump retweeting. And a sidebar, one of the main speakers at the press conference was Stella Emanuel, a doctor from Nigeria who is also a preacher and conspiracy theorist. Aside from claiming that she's treated hundreds of people with COVID-19 using hydroxychloroquine, Emmanuel has also demanded that Dr. Anthony Fauci turn over his urine to be tested to prove that he's secretly taking the drug himself. You senators, all of them, you know why they don't wear masks? Anthony Fauci can sit around and wear masks because they are all on hydroxychloroquine. They know it, but they want Americans to die. So let's get it. I dare every single one of you. Give me a urine sample. And the Daily Beast reports that in her sermons, Emmanuel has claimed, quote, medical issues like endometriosis, cysts, infertility, and impotence are caused by sex with spirit husbands and spirit wives, a phenomenon Emmanuel describes essentially as witches and demons having sex with people in a dream world, end quote. Moving right along, House Democrats and Senate Republicans have begun negotiating over the next coronavirus bill. And it turns out the Senate's draft has some interesting provisions inside of it. One that's come under scrutiny is a proposed 100% tax deduction for business meals, up from the current 50% deduction that's allowed. Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina, who added the measure, claims it would incentivize businesses to spend on struggling restaurants. But given how few people are comfortable eating out right now, large business dinners aren't exactly a priority right now. The other is a provision that would allocate $1.75 billion towards building the FBI a new headquarters in downtown D.C. Now, what does that have to do with the coronavirus, you ask? Absolutely nothing. The Washington Post reports that senators were puzzled by the White House's insistence that it be put into the bill, but caved under pressure. When Trump first took office, he canceled a plan to move the FBI to the suburbs. Per the Post, before he was elected, officials at Trump's company were worried that if the FBI moved out of its spot in downtown D.C., a rival hotel could open up in that location. As a reminder, Congress is currently racing against the clock to pass a new coronavirus bill as expanded unemployment benefits are due to run out by the end of the month. Senate Republicans are pushing to reduce those funds from $600 extra per week down to $200. Okay, who do they think are going on business dinners or lunches? Hayes, have you know. gone on a business lunch or dinner? I have gone on zero of them. <laughs> and if I was, what, I'm going to charge like the $20 from, <laughs> from Grubhub or whatever on my taxes? I, I don't, just don't think that businesses are spending that kind of money. So given the fact that this was also a big priority of the president, too, to get these tax breaks in for business and especially entertainment spending. He, the president also wanted, which didn't make it into the bill, but the president's been very keen on pushing that. Um, but oh, so the FBI thing now, standard Republicans are like, yeah, we don't know why the president wanted that. And it might even get taken out in the final bill because now they're getting a lot of questions about it. Yeah. And also I am wondering like, okay, so the officials at the Trump hotel, like 
or the officials at Trump's company didn't want them to move to the suburbs because they didn't want a competing hotel to pop up. But if they are moving to a new place, aren't they worried about that space becoming a competing hotel? I'm confused about all the dynamics of what's going into Trump's weird plan. Uh, so they were going to build out in the suburbs. Trump said, no, you don't. You're staying in downtown D.C. Mm. in your shitty building spot. So the Hoover building in downtown D.C. is a extremely ugly and be falling apart. And so the plan is to rebuild in that same location. Oh, uh, so that's what okay. the money would be for. Uh, so it's it's all, you're, like you said, it's confusing and it's not clear with, why exactly the president is pushing this, except it's kind of clear. We right. just don't know for sure. <laughs> all right, Casey, what's up with you today? Well, the Ellen DeGeneres show is now under investigation after a BuzzFeed news report exposed the toxic work culture going on behind the scenes. Employees were sent a memo last week from the show's producer and distributor informing them that Warner Media's employee relations group and a third party firm were going to be looking into claims of employee abuse and harassment. According to Variety, that will include interviews of current and former staffers about their experiences on set, said sources. If you want to hear more about the claims from Ellen Set, you can listen to our July 20th interview with Christy Yandoli, the BuzzFeed news reporter who first broke the story, or you can read all about it on BuzzFeedNews.com. And in other news, two weeks after revealing she'd been shot, Megan Thee Stallion got on Instagram Live last night to talk about it for the first time. So in the 10-minute live stream, the Houston rapper revealed that she was shot in both feet during the incident and that she needed surgery to remove the bullet fragments. And thank God that the bullets didn't touch bones. They didn't break tendons. Like, I know I know my mama, my daddy, my granny had to be looking out for me with that one because where the bullets hit at, it just, it missed everything. But they, the motherfuckers was in there. Megan also called out the people who'd made jokes at her expense since the news about the shooting first broke. That included rapper 50 Cent, who'd previously posted memes mocking Megan to his Instagram. 50 apologized on Monday, saying he previously didn't think the situation was real. Megan concluded her stream saying that she was taking some time to herself to rest and heal and that the experience has, quote, definitely made me realize how to move forward and how to protect my energy. She followed the live video up by posting a selfie to her grid with a caption that read, Unbreakable. And unbreakable she looked mm-hmm. in that selfie. Uh, she was dripping in diamonds. Just, <laughs> if you haven't seen, go to her feed and take a look at it. It's it's a really fire selfie. Yeah, and after everything she's been through, I mean, it has been such a confusing scenario because so little information was revealed at first. We've been getting more and more as it goes. But yes, if you know she, she was shot and people online are making light of the situation, it's like, no, yeah, that's not great. So I'm glad that she was able to go talk about what's happening with her and how she's going to move forward. For sure. I've seen a bunch of uh, like threads going around, a bunch of people posting on their Instagram stories, calling out the fact that why are you making fun of someone who's been mm. shot? If one of your faves, your daughter, someone you relate to was shot, would you like it if someone was making jokes about it? I mean, I hope she recovers well, and I'm wishing Megan all the best on that one. All right. When we come back, we're talking to political scientist Jessica Chen Weiss about growing tensions between the U.S. and China. Stay right there. It. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. 
support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. What's up, what's up? This is Robin Dixon, co-host of Reasonably Shady, which has just been nominated for an NAACP Image Award in the Outstanding Arts and Entertainment Podcast category. This is so big for Giselle and I. And of course, we must thank all of our fantastic listeners. But we need your help. Visit vote.naacpimageawards.net to vote for Reasonably Shady. That's vote.naacpimageawards.net. But don't wait. Voting closes on February 5th at 9 p.m. Eastern. And make sure to listen to Reasonably Shady every single Monday on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Robert Sex Reese, host of the Dr. Sex Reese Show. And every episode, I listen to people talk about their sex and intimacy issues. And yes, I despise every minute of it. I yeah. mean, she, she made mistakes too. Right? That's I mean, true. She, she did she... kill everyone at her wedding. But hell is real. We're all trapped here. And there's nothing any of us can do about it. So join me, won't you? Listen to the Dr. Sex Reese Show every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. The U.S. and China have been, shall we say, on different wavelengths lately. But recently, the U.S. ordered a Chinese consulate in Houston to close down, accusing Beijing of using it as the epicenter of Chinese industrial espionage. Here to explain just what's going on and what it means moving forward is Jessica Chen Weiss. She's an associate professor of government at Cornell University and a contributor to the Washington Post Monkey Cage blog. Thanks for joining us, Jessica. Thanks so much for having me. So let's start with this consulate in Houston. What exactly was the U.S. accusing China of doing there? Well, there hasn't been a whole lot of detailed allegations released, um, Mm. statements by various members of uh, the Trump administration and from the State Department have listed concerns about Chinese uh, espionage and theft, uh, accusing Houston of being the epicenter of of Chinese uh, spying and influence activities in the United States. And so there are real concerns, of course, about Chinese espionage and theft, but uh, closing the consulate in Houston, it's not really clear how that uh, was aimed to uh, deter, prevent, or, or punish China from carrying or continuing to carry out those activities. So question, though, is this connected to another story that went around recently, something about a fugitive hiding out in the Chinese consulate in San Francisco? There's no clear connection between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, those who uh, follow uh, Chinese espionage uh, and intelligence efforts see San Francisco as being far more important to that story. Um, and there's been some suggestion that choosing Houston was really, uh, it wasn't chosen at random, uh, said a State Department official, but nonetheless, it wasn't tightly tied to any particular sets of uh, activities that were going on in Houston, which has only, I think, complicated and, and muddied the picture, really, of what message exactly was the United States mm. government trying to send in closing the consulate so abruptly. So one of the things, you mentioned that there were vague allegations of espionage going on. Of What sort of activities has China been taking part in that has the U.S. so concerned uh, in recent years for listeners who aren't like, caught up on the story? So there are a lot of different things going on here. And in in recent years, um, there's been a number of different 
foreign recruitment um, talent programs uh, aimed at making use of, uh, you know, Chinese scholarship and exchange uh, and trying to bring um, foreign sort of scholars and students as well as non-Chinese researchers to help contribute some of their work to uh, research that's going on inside China. Um, And so, you know, it's not really clear how much of this activity uh, was conducted by the consulates per se uh, in the United States. Um, and, And so that again raises the question of how does closing the consulate interrupt that activity? So to sum up, basically, the U.S. is worried that China is using these consulates or just in general, China is trying to steal industrial secrets, things of that nature, by recruiting people to share them with China illicitly. Right. Mm. And so how has China responded so far to the consulate closing down? So far, the Chinese government has reacted by, well, initially by asking the U.S. side to correct its you know, actions, but then um, retaliated by ordering the U.S. consulate in Chengdu uh, to close as well. Mm. And is anyone in China pushing for more retaliation? So far, it seems that the Chinese government chose the closure of the Chengdu consulate to um, take a pretty calibrated approach, seeking to push back and to show that China could give as good as it gets, but not seeking to escalate the confrontation further. So last week, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo gave a speech about U.S.-China relations where he said, well, a lot of things, but basically threw down the gauntlet saying that engagement with China since Nixon has failed. Was he right at all? This is a raging debate um, in those who are are paying attention to U.S.-China relations. The problem with the argument that engagement has failed is primarily that we don't know what you know, China would have looked like had we not pursued a policy of engagement. And so you could imagine in a world where we hadn't, the United States hadn't established diplomatic relations, that China would be far more aggressive uh, and nationalistic than it is today. That It wouldn't be, you know, seeking to uphold or um, work through, you know, key international organizations like the United Nations or the World Trade Organization or the World Health Organization, but instead on the outside, much more aggrieved and angry. So in Pompeo's speech, honestly, between, you know, what he's saying about the Chinese Communist Party and the Trump administration's stance on the coronavirus, etc., how much of what Pompeo was saying was for a domestic audience? Well, it's really hard to know how much extreme hawks like Mike Pompeo genuinely think China is out to destroy the United States and cripple our economy, or whether this is part of uh, an anti-China strategy uh, in the lead up to the November election, um, trying to boost Trump's flagging election prospects. Mm. Some analysts and commentators have said that we're seeing the start of a new Cold War with China. What do you think of those predictions? In my view, China and the U.S. are not destined for a new cold or even hot war, but the Trump administration's actions are trying to make one happen. And in my view, what and based on the research that I've done, what Beijing really wants is a world that's safe for the Chinese Communist Party to continue to survive rather than an ideological crusade to subvert democracy or remake other countries in China's image. So the Chinese Communist Party sees itself as fighting for survival in a world that has been 
working toward its demise for decades. And it's really nationalism and regime security rather than a universal ideology that's really driving uh, Chinese foreign policy. But right now, um, you know, ideological voices like Mike Pompeo are running the show right now in the Trump administration's policy toward China. Um, So even if China is not seeking, you know, an all-out fight with the United States, we may yet see us, the two countries moving a lot closer to one before November. Okay, last question. This is kind of a weird one. Apparently, people all around the country have been getting seeds from China delivered that they didn't order. And now states are telling people, uh, do not plant these seeds. Do you have any idea what's up with the het? Yeah, I have no idea. There are so many. (laughs) Okay, but you have to be as curious as we are about what's happening, right? There is so much craziness happening right now in U.S. politics and in U.S.-China relations. I have not yet tracked down what's going on there. Fair enough. (laughs) Well, Jessica, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's time for Meanwhile on the Internet. And Casey, I just have to share with you and everyone out there one of the best things I've come across on Instagram lately, which combines my love of stand-up comedy with my appreciation for killer drumming. Sometimes when people order fries, they act like it's a little adventure. They'll be like, should we get a plate of fries for the table? Should we do it? Should we, should we share some fries? They got to make sure that everyone's on board with it. It's like, if I get fries, you'll have a couple, right? If I get fries for the table, you'll have... I know you'll have fries if I get fries. Should we do it? It's like a group of couples agreeing to do ecstasy together. That was drummer Josh Harmon playing over a bit from John Mulaney. Harmon has been posting his Rhythm of Comedy series for just the last two weeks, but he's already got seven installments up on his Instagram and TikTok. Oh my God, that's amazing. That John Mulaney bit already has more than a million views on TikTok. I love this Key and Peele video I just watched that has over two million views. If one of y'all says some silly ass name, this whole class is gonna feel my wrath. Now, D nice. Do you mean Denise? Son of a bitch. You say your name right, right now. Denise? Say it right. Denise. Right. Denise. Right. Denise. Right. D nice. That's better. Okay, look, is it basic of me to really just absolutely love and adore this? No, probably. I, 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 I actually don't think it's basic of you. I watched it and I was like, all of a sudden listening to John Mulaney's sets, we're like, wow, this is music now. This is spoken word. This is like, <laughs> it really like the beat just like, re- it goes so well. He did a great job. <laughs> I know. I mean, com- comedic timing is not just a saying. It is a real thing. And if you have it, it does feel like music. And it honestly reminds me a little bit of uh, Charles Cornell, who went viral a bunch for his Instagram account where he plays piano over people speaking like Cardi B. He's done a couple of times and it's just great. I just love any example of a musician just listening and hearing those patterns in the way people speak and then putting it to music. I want my rhythm now. I want to know what it is. Let's find our rhythm. (laughs) Oh God. Oh no. Oh gosh. We'll send this. We'll send this to Josh. And if he can find a rhythm in us, (laughs) I I encourage him to try. I have you ever tried drumming, by the way, Casey? No, no. But I will say, well, you know what? No. Okay. I was going to say like whenever I was younger and I played like Josie and the Pussycats with my friends, you know, mm-hmm. like who are you in the band? And I like always wanted to be like the bass player because I do feel like that's one of the queerest uh, members of Absolutely. the band you can be. Um, but also I always want to be the drummer, but that definitely just because of the aesthetics. I, yes. I, I do lack rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> Drum, I drumming like, isn't for me. 
Okay, you can find Harmon's videos on TikTok, where he's at Josh Plays Drums, and on Instagram, where he's at Josh underscore Harmon underscore. That's it for today. Join us tomorrow when we talk to the host of the podcast, Forgotten Women of Juarez. And remember, if you like good, smart sports commentary that actually says something real, you should go subscribe to Defector, the new news site startup by the people who left Deadspin. Big ups, big recommend. They have paid me $0 to say this. <laughs> Be sure to subscribe to News O'Clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to set your alarm so you never miss an episode of News O'Clock. Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Zoe Deschanel and I'm so excited to be joined by my friends and castmates, Hannah Simone and Lamorne Morris, to recap our hit television series, New Girl. Join us every Monday on the Welcome to Our Show podcast, where we'll share behind-the-scenes stories of your favorite New Girl episodes. Each week, we answer all your burning questions like, is there really a bear in every episode of New Girl? Plus, you'll hear hilarious stories like this. Fun that fact. was one I of your things too. you brought back from Latvia. Yeah, I brought back Because a all professional <laughs> basketball players. Yeah, it's like a little <laughs> seven-foot hoop. Yeah. Listen to the Welcome to Our Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Being a real estate agent isn't about listing houses. It's about connecting to people. I need to find new buyers every day. So I promote my listings using radio commercials from iHeartAdBuilder.com. Now, every time I have an open house, it's a full house. A custom radio ad from iHeart Ad Builder is the fast, affordable way to drive customers to your business. Put the power of radio to work for you. Get started now at iHeartAdBuilder.com. The NFL Podcast Network is your home for all things football. Do you love hearing analysis around the league with a touch of mirth? Or maybe you enjoy breaking down X's and O's in the college scouting scene. Do you breathe, sleep, and eat fantasy football? Perhaps you love the funny headlines that emerge each week. What if you want in-depth news coverage with reporters? Or what if you want to know exactly how each team got its name? Well, you're in luck because the NFL Podcast Network has a show for everybody. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.